Hey, Marcus, you like movies? Yes. Hey, Marcus, you like driving? No, I don't, actually. Yeah, neither do I, but, I, you know, the difference is you do it and I don't. Yeah. Welcome to Zebras in America podcast, a podcast about movies, fast times, <laughs> loose guitars, good times, nachos, cheese, you know, rice, beans, mofongo, just all the really great things. And, um, yeah, so w this, this episode is special. You know why? Why is that? Because I'm wearing shoes. All right. Usually I do not wear shoes That's when true. we record. That's actually true. I take off my shoes because I, I like to be comfortable because I'm, I'm, I'm a sort of a Taoist. I used to take off my shoes and I would do DJ battles. I would just battle. I would just battle in my socks. Which is funny because usually, you know, usually people take off their, their shoes to die, but you took off your shoes to murder. It's true. Sometimes Meta I would murder. Metaphorically. Sometimes I'd get murdered, but, you know, yeah. more times than not, so. Yeah, you, you live to fight another day. It's true. So, yeah, this episode is actually special because uh, we're doing another road episode. Yes, we are. Um, our, our, lives, <laughs> our lives are busy, so we're trying to figure out a way that we can, can you know, get you these fresh episodes whenever we can. But right now we're vagabonds. But right kind now we're a... we're troubadours. We're vagabonds. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we are Ronins. Yes. In a way. Shout out to Core Rhythm. Shout out to shout out to Core Rhythm, our our, our most excellent guest of honor. Yes. The third the third times a charm winner. He's the Tom Hanks of uh, Zebras in America. I love the Tom that. Hanks to the SNL of our Zebras. In yeah, America. he's welcome whenever he wants. Yeah. Um, and maybe we'll be able to do an Orange Julius-like level sketch. Was that was that him? No, I don't think it was. Orange Julius, I think, was. Uh, oh, hi, Siri. I think, I think uh, that was that was Sylvester Stallone. I don't know. Orange Julius. Um, but anyway, as as you may have noticed, we didn't put out an episode last week, and we don't have to explain why we didn't. Yeah. But we didn't. Yeah. And. Uh, it won't happen very often, but we're, we're people, and sometimes we have to do what we have to do. I put it to you like this, like, ha for half a year's worth of content, no breaks. It was 25, almost half a year, so 25 episodes, bam, bam, bam. So we're allowed to, you know, so yeah. a lot of podcasts, <clears throat> especially like the big, super popular ones, which will be one day, just will sometimes disappear for weeks. For months, uh, Ice T, where you been? I'm, I'm waiting for a new, a new episode. So I think one week missing, one week is fine. And this episode is going to be awesome. So we'll, we'll make up for it. Yeah, there's a car that has the license plate Rolnum. Okay. You see that? R A O L N H U M. I do. I'm, we're, we're, a, I'm, we're we're at a red light, so I can look. Folks. We're at a red light. We're we're driving. Being distracted through Canarsie, in Brooklyn. I used to live here. My, For two years. My grandma used to live here, too. Rest in peace, grandma. Rest in peace. Um, I was going to say what's your favorite movie about grandmas, but I know what it is. No, you already know. You already know Grandma's Boy, number one. Number one. Uh, so, yeah, so let's talk about movies. Um, yes. Because we just did, like, a 90 minutes about not movies. Yes. Uh, have you seen anything good recently? I have. I saw it. Uh... Just a few days ago, I saw it Friday after work. It was one of those. I haven't been to a movie by myself in a while. It was an interesting experience. I was sitting next to some youngins who, for the so for those who don't know, New Kids on the Block, uh, shout out to Massachusetts, uh, play a big 
not, but not, well, not, well, not a big, but there's like an ongoing thing. The, one of the the character, the the heavy set kid of the Losers Club, likes New Kids on the Block. Yeah. So there's these little moments where they like will name drop a New Kids on the Block song. In like a somewhat clever way. Rest in peace, then, John Ritter. Rest in peace, John Ritter. Rest uh, in peace, Jonathan Brandis as well. Um. So, how did you, what did you think of it? it? Oh, well, I was just gonna say first. It was just funny hearing like teenagers next to me go, "What? What? Are, what's New Kids on the Block?" It just made me feel a little old. Um, I, I. But as far as the movie goes, I really enjoyed it. There are obviously some parts where. I thought they could have done this better. It's hardly a perfect movie, but it served its purpose. Incredibly entertaining, total popcorn movie as it should be. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really, really fun. I, um, they conveyed certain things. I hope people my age don't kill me, but it conveyed certain things better than the miniseries did. Although at the same time, there are certain things that the miniseries still did. But at the same time, again, I don't know if it's fair because this is more... They're trying to adapt stuff from the book, not necessarily the miniseries. Because the miniseries, while skeletally, if, if that's a word, was, you know, trying to stay true to, to the book, it, it changed some things too. So the, so the original uh, version of, of it that, I, I think it was ABC, it wasn't this like hardcore true to the book thing either. Sure. So, um, so, so this, it, you know, it, it was cool. I liked it. If I may interject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not seen the remake yet. Okay. Because I've just been so busy sure. that I haven't been able to... I've been barely able to breathe. Sure. You know? I've been barely able to fart. Well, don't do that in here. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch up. Oh, you. shit. There's a Pizza Hut still? That's my second favorite pizza in the world. Sorry, I know. I didn't mean to everybody, get everybody, yeah, you love, you love Pizza Hut. I had it's, some Chicago deep dish uh, last week, actually. I was in Chicago. That's, your, so that's, that's my number one. Number one. Yeah. I could, you know, it's sacrilegious, I know, as a Brooklynite, but, man, I could fuck yeah. up some Unos right now. Yeah. I could really fuck up some Pizzeria Unos right now. Oh, awesome. man. Yeah. Oh, Turtles in Time. That's yeah. a great movie, even though there's not that much pizza in it. Um, <laughs> that's a teenage movie. Uh, so, the 80s It, as a child, when that movie scared people about clowns for years, mm-hmm. I always thought... The, the final act was, was very weak compared to the first three quarters. Yes, I agree. So <laughs> I, I hope that this movie figured out a better way to end it because the, the first three quarters of it was a horror masterpiece. Well, when you say, let me just, oh, we got a little ambulance interruption. Are you talking about the end end when they're adults? Yes. Okay, well, I don't well, know. I'm not you... talking about all the adult stuff. I'm talking, I mean,. I don't want to say spoiler alert because, yeah. like, I feel like if you haven't seen it, like, you're either just too young or or a weirdo. But it, the TV show, when he turns into a spider, yes, I just thought that shit was so beyond corny and the effects were bad. Well, no, what I was going to say was though, I guess the wordage is I hope they figure out because this is only about the kids. Oh, they don't. Intri- oh, cool. It's gonna. It's, it's a two. They are doing a little two-parter. This the this it is only the, the kids, and they do. They're this, making a sequel. The way the movie ended, they clearly are. I mean, I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but it's yeah. It doesn't necessarily. It ends, but it doesn't like end. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. And end this. Even though I, I don't like, I like, I don't like annoying 
annoyingly length movies, but this it is two hours and 20 minutes, which is better than like 100 minutes. I would prefer maybe it be three hours, but you know, the audience, no one's going to sit through three hours. And it's a hard R rating, so I don't think a lot of people are going sit, to sit through the gore and the, you know, like, okay, so for example, it's like, you do remember the miniseries, so the scene when Georgie, the opening scene when the brother dies. Yeah. This new one they don't hold. It's like, oh, motherfucker. It's very like. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah, it's it's actually like sad. Are they? It's gonna... gruesome, but it's also sad. I know they've been talking about making a, a, movie, a remake movie of The Stand. I have not heard that, but that's interesting. I, I, I loved that terrible TV movie when I was a kid. Yeah, man. Def Rob Lowe, uh, Molly Ringwald, uh, Gary Sinise. I, I, remember, I, remember, I remember my parents taping it on, on TV. I mean, they, they taped any miniseries. Especially the Stephen King ones, like... Uh, the Langoliers. Langoliers. Um, the, the, Tommy the Knockers. Shining with that kid with the fucked up mouth. <laughs> Up. You know I'm right. That kid's yeah. mouth was just. I don't know up. about his. Just it, it's not his. No, why was he always making that face with his mouth? I can't laugh like this when I'm driving. Okay. He was just goofy. He was just really. He was like a doofy kid. It wasn't just his mouth. It was just his natural way of being. Look, sometimes you see kids with fucked up mouths. It's just yeah, like he was kind of one. Of, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. The Shining TV series was more truthful to the book. Not as good though. It was not as good as the movie. Yeah. Um, Melvin Van Peebles taking over uh, Scatman Carruthers' role. Um, yeah. You know, I've had it. You know, let me. The Dark Tower was a sort of sequel to The Shining. Oh, is it? Yeah. I, I, I say. I, I don't well, know. all of the Dark Tower holds all of. Um, we're now on the Belt Parkway. Yeah. We're making a right. Right. Or, uh, yes. And I was telling you earlier when I was a kid and we used to diss people. I used to have, I used to have the diss. Your mom's so fat, the only belt she can wear is the Belt Parkway. Ooh, bars. Yeah, and people did not like that. Uh, sidebar. Uh, <laughs> I one time I went to the comic book store around the corner from my house when I was a child, where we would play Street Fighter Two. Nice. Um, and it was the only place that had Street Fighter Two Super Turbo. And um, I remember I was playing this kid, and I was very fat when I was young. Mm -hmm. Exit to exit I, I, I used to watch it and be like, "Oh, maybe I can be John Ritter. That'll be me." And uh, we're still we're still recording. Um, and this and this kid this kid was like just making all these fat jokes to me, just like being really mean. Right. And I didn't say anything, and he just kept on doing it. And then I said this diss that I had o overheard someone else say. Nice. Yeah, I got off in the wrong direction. I didn't even know what it meant. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know, we're, you're so broke. I went to your mother's house, and I said, what's for dinner? And she lifted her legs and said, crust. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. But the thing is, I didn't know what that meant. Sure, sure. I just, I just overheard an sure. older person say it, and and get a really uh, terrible, like he, it, it elicited a response. Sure. It doesn't end there. Oh, okay. The kid got so upset uh -oh. that he left, and then the next day, and at school. He brought. East. My bad. He brought his mother to school. <coughs> oh shit! And she said to me, she said, "My son says that you said this terrible stuff." And I said, 
did he tell you all the fat jokes and all the stuff he said to me? And she was like, no. And I was like, I was like, my, the joke. Yeah. And, and, and they were both very embarrassed. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, uh, you know, also everyone should understand that like your mother jokes are not about your actual mother. That's a roundabout. Yeah. The second exit on Belt Parkway is Kennedy Airport. Uh, right. yeah. I was like, why are we going to Starrett City? Are there any movies about Starrett City? Starrett City? I don't know what that, uh, this is. This is a beautiful view. Gateway. Gateway. Like, Gateway, whatever. This this is, like, so far, like, the, like, we were promising the best episode ever, but we barely talked about movies. But, yeah, I love The Stand. I I used to live for TV movies. Especially, it was an event. especially Stephen King miniseries. I did want. Oh, what I wanted to go back was to say, look, I personally think that The Shining is a great classic movie, all that stuff. But Stephen King did have an interesting point. As, as someone who, um, you can shut that off now. I know where we are. If, if so, you know, everyone knows the whole beef or light beef between Kubrick and Stephen King, and that Stephen King felt that casting Jack Nicholson wasn't the right casting choice because he wanted the, the the father character he wanted jack torrance to seem kind of normal at first and slowly ascend into madness whereas with jack nicholson he's got that crazy look and he's always you know like he was already kind of like off a little bit at the start yeah. of the movie so i get that like stephen king always wanted john voight to be uh, jack torrance and you know what i kind of get that as much as i love the shining and i'll all I'm, i that's the only kubrick's version is the only version i will ever accept I get where Stanley Cooper, uh, where Stephen King's coming from, especially since it's his fucking story. But whatever. Um, no, I, yeah. I, I totally, I respect any writer being protective of their stories. Yeah. And I can understand, like, being upset because the Shining movie is just is very different from the book. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it is. Yeah. So if I was Stephen King. I'd be, I might be, I might be perturbed as well. Sure. I'm very excited. I think I've talked about this on the show before, but I'm very excited. His son Joe Hill had an, wrote an incredible comic book series called Lock and Key, oh. which is being made into, uh, I think, a Hulu show. Oh, okay. So, I'm I'm pretty excited for that. Also, Hulu is is putting out a a a TV show based off of the comic The Runaways, which was a Marvel comic created by. I think Fiona Staples, not Fiona Staples, that's that saga, uh, Brian K. Vaughn, and it's about, like, these kids who find out their parents are villains. Oh, that's in, oh, I like that. Yeah, no, it's good. It's cool. It's very, it's very good. It was a great comic book. You know what that reminds me of? Reminds me of Parents in a weird way. Well, or Parents, no, the movie Parents by that Mr. Balaban. Yes. Which uh, you put me on to is, yeah, it's, it's. They're super related. Yeah. Okay. That movie was so fucked up, dude. It is. It, it, it lingers. Imagine being, you know, nine years old and, like, seeing it late at night on HBO. I was very confused. But, dude, I yeah. was, like, I was like nine or ten when, like, the weird Russian dude at the video store let me and my friends rent, like, Harry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Oh, man. And they shouldn't have done that. No, that's not... Yeah, no. I don't even know... Because I was also confused... Seeing that movie, I was like, how is the dad from Mallrats, like, so much younger? You just... Okay. You just triggered something inside of me. So as a kid... Wow, that's crazy you say that. Because as a kid, my 
my mostly my dad would let me watch more like adultish movies. Sure. And then like of course I'd watch all the kid movies, but for some reason for many years the the kid family movie, the actors in the kid friendly movies were separate from like the adult movies. Sure. <clears throat> then first of all, let me just preface this by saying neither of my parents allowed me to see this. They happened to fall asleep and I and I went to the downstairs uh TV and and just turn turn it on. That movie the, might have been rated X. And well, no, the 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 what what movie? H Henry Portrait. Oh the, oh, I think it was. Is it Henry or Harry? No, Henry. Henry. Yeah. Uh, the sequel is stupid, but I, the first one, the first one is a very upsetting movie. I don't based know. Based on if, a true story, loosely based on a true story. I don't know if it's. I don't remember if it was a good movie. It's like an art. It's like a cult movie. It, 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 it's an artifact. It serves it, its purpose. Um, Oh, but I think it was—it was like one of those movies that was actually rated X. No, it was. It was like on the poster and everything. I, I, at, at least the, the the first cut or something like but that. But so was Midnight Cowboy. That's true. Fair enough. Um, oh, that... Troy! Troy from the Goonies was one of the guys in the rape scene in The Accused, and that fucked me up. Like I couldn't watch Goonies for a long time because I now associated that scene what? with Goonies. Yeah. You know, and I was like seven. So that was really weird. I, I I wasn't ready for that. I got I got what I deserved too, because like I shouldn't have been. I should have changed the channel. But I was kind of frozen. You know, it was like, wait, what am I watching? What the fuck is happening? Oh wait, that's Troy. Yeah, I, it, it was it was a weird experience. Yeah, it was, so. and I just remember just like, be, like, a few movies like had me like feel sick after watching. Sure. You know. Sure. Um, and uh, we rented that movie. It was very. I was, uh, you know, I was a little too young for that one. Yeah. Can I recommend a movie to you that is kind of similar to Henry, but actually better and and a little more tasteful and and actually like something I'd consider good. Sure. And maybe you've seen it. It's called. It's Wide of the Eye. Have you seen it? I haven't seen that. Okay. It's it's totally in the same vein as Henry, but it's just it's it's better. It, I just <laughs> I just remembered. That I watched a movie like seven years ago mm -hmm. about Adrian Brody as a ventriloquist. Oh shoot! It's what it's called like mimic or mi something. He's like in the basement. It's like a to it's a scene totally taken from um, the King of Comedy, where he's like downstairs practicing, and his mom yeah. says like "Ma." Yeah. What is it's? Yeah, I know. Uh, what, what's her name is in it too. Um, Vera Farmiga, isn't That's she in true. it? That's true. That's true. Yes. She is. Yes. She's very a, underrated. By she's the way. a delight. Yes. So is her sister. Who's her sister? Um, Tasia Farmiga. She's in. Uh, she's in some of the um, American Horror Story anthology. She was in. Is American Horror Story good? Three. Yeah. It, it it's a roller coaster. As someone who watches all of them, the new season is on right now. Actually, um, season one is good. Season two is good up until the aliens come. Season oh. three is fucking dumb. Is it? Season is four it, is okay. Is season it, five is great. Is, it, is, is there like a connective story to it? Kind of. Yes. So, D so, dummy. Sometimes. Dummy. Dummy. Yes. Uh, some characters, because it's anthology, so every, so like you know, like season one takes place present day, whereas season two takes place in the like late fifties. It all, it, it's all different, but. There are references, and some characters do appear briefly in other stuff, but it's, it's not like a hard connection. However, season six, which is with Cuba Gooding Jr., um, who's actually good, even though, I, whatever, well, we don't need to get into him. Season six has, is cool because it has a connectivity to all the seasons. Did you, have you seen, have you seen the Cuba Gooding Jr. movie, Murder of Crows? No. 
um, that's a very much a, a 2 a.m. Cinemax classic. Not like because sexy, just because it's like weird. Okay. Uh, where he plays a dude who like meets this guy who's like he's trying to write a book or whatever, and this guy he he tries to like steal. He plagiarizes this guy's book, and then it turns. And then it's like a murder book, and it turns out that like a lot of the murders were real and people are like oh did you murder these people also uh, I just reminded of the movie The Dark Half I like that movie I was gonna well not oh my god okay another The Dark Half I was gonna say that movie you described and reminded me of another Timothy Hutton co-star well he co-starred in this don't fuck with me the movie when, with uh, don't John, fuck with me because when you fuck with me you're fucking <laughs> with the best with uh, Johnny Depp and John Turturro where John Turturro turned out to be just like a figment of his imagination what was nice. that book T- Timothy Hutton cheated on Ch- Timothy Hutton took Johnny Depp's wife from What's that movie called? I don't I don't know It's not good Don't worry about it But yeah uh, Timothy Hutton won an Oscar Yeah he did I just I don't And and Charles S. Dutton Played The Rock Rock yes. R-O-C Just Rock Just yeah. Rock Yeah yeah Um So Uh Also So Uh Dummy Was yes. Was like the Lars and the real girl that no one saw. Holy shit. Oh, man. That's, yeah, that's good. That's true. I was also, when I saw Lars and the real girl, I was just really surprised that they made that movie. I was surprised that I didn't hate it. Yeah, I didn't hate it either, even though it was Going dark. Going in, I it thought was it dark. would be dumb. It was dark and it made me really sad. Yeah. Because it was lonely. Yeah. Um, and, oh, I don't know... Did, did you end up watching Goon Two? Not, not yet. Okay, so we'll talk about we'll talk Sorry. about Goon Two next time. You can blame um, my my addiction to HBO Go uh, on that because I've just been man, I've been eating that up. No, I totally understand. I just I liked the Goon One so much. Yes. Uh, the Goon Two, not as good as the Goon One. Uh, it, it suffers from comedy sequelitis. Yeah. There's there's few besides I'd say maybe like Ace Ventura when nature calls that have truly excellent comedy sequels. Oof. Not uh, sure. Uh, and police the the Police Academy series. Okay, I'll, 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 I'm with you on that. Sure. When was the last time you watched Ace Ventura when nature calls? I I can't. It's it's too accidentally racist for me. I just, I can't do it. I watched it when oh, I was in my twenties. Oh. I was like, "Oh, what the fuck is this?" Like, I remember when I was a teenager. I was like, "No, something's not right." Then I saw it in my twenties. I was like, "Yeah, no, this is fucked up." This, I'm like, I get it, but like, this is fucked up. They didn't mean to be, but it's like, this is not funny. I didn't. It's I, mad I offensive. Actually. Okay, so guys, don't watch. Yeah. I remember thinking it was really great, yeah. but I also haven't watched it in a long time. Yeah, it's. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't like racism. Yeah. And I don't, and accidental racism, especially that fucking song, Accidental Racist. Oh, man, is we're, still, we're on our way to LL Cool old stomping ground, too. Fucking, uh, yeah. But I won't oh, and that his, mo- uh, and that movie where LL Cool J played a gang member named God, and he, like... In Too Deep. And he, like, I, I'm pretty sure, like... Yes, he say it. He, fucked, he say. fucked someone who, who, like, did something bad to him. Yes. Which I don't mean to laugh because he, no, no. I thought you were gonna keep going. He didn't do it with his penis. He used a pool stick. Oh yeah. To to, to, to punish a guy who legendary graffiti graffiti artist and music video cameo guy Gano Grills of uh, Staten Island. 
That's true. Who also came up? He's the guy that he drew the the the, the Wu logo. I know. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And I, I have yeah, I'm I have some into deep trivia which I will tell you when we get off of here. Oh please, because I I can't say it on on the, ra- oh. on, the ra- on the radio. All right. Okay. But uh, yeah, that movie. Uh, not to laugh at uh, sodomization. Also, like it was like not that far away from. Abner Louima case, so it was like weird. Fuck, that's true. Like a year, less yeah. than a year, because Abner was ninety nine, right? Into Deep was two thousand. Yeah. Oh man. So you know what made that? What made me? It was when that's. I saw it in the theater, so I saw it nice and big, and it was like, oh come pause. on. Yeah. Well, pause this whole talking about all of this. No, but talking about sodomy is not gay. When you said that, I saw it, that, that, and yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's it's when LL Cool J is doing it, he screams, he goes, love it. Love it! And I was like, okay, this is, alright, you went too far. This is too much. Yeah. Yeah, also... He, like, licks his lips. It's just, there's something... I mean, I don't think LL Cool J can control the lip licking. That's something, that's, that's part, I think that's a... A nervous tick, and, and also something. Oh, you think it's a nervous tick? I just thought it was that, something uh, also that like something that he's famous for. I th- that's all it is. It's something he's famous for, and to be around. Prop- First of all, props to him for being relevant for three decades. That's hard to do, especially in, like, just it's hard to do, especially being a hip hop artist. But I just think that some early on he started doing it. Then he's like, oh, this is my thing. I'm gonna keep doing it, and it just became. It's more like a tick that he he invented, and it became a Maybe. tick. I don't think it's anything I, he was born with. Also, like, because he didn't used it, to do that when he first there, came out. There was there was that Nas line in he uh, in uh, Get Down, where he's like, yeah. I know some weird ass mm, uh, that fuck their enemies in the ass when they catch them. Weird dudes don't test them. And I was like, I can't hang. And he, Nas tells a story, and he, yeah, and, yeah, he yeah. Hangs, and he's like, I can't hang out with you guys. This yeah. is a little too much for me. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I understand. I hear that, uh, dude. Come on, let me over. Yeah, let him, let him, let him through. Baby. Hey, dick bag. Dick. Hey, you're a bag of dicks. All right. Oh, so you lent me, Ivan's Ecstasy. Yeah. That was a good movie. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. I want, I did. Full disclosure. I wanted you to watch Kutsa Sonata, but I understand your reasoning because I did describe it as a trilogy. But it's like an unconnected trilogy. But still, Ivan's Ecstasy is... It's, it's so great. I watched it because they said that was the first one. That's so. true. That, that, that is true. So I was just following the rules. That's true. I, I love the fact... Also, Bernard... Speaking of which, the director of that movie retweeted something that I tweeted the other day and it made me giddy. But, um... Yeah, I feel like... At, you know, especially at this point in his career, there's nothing... This isn't like a bad criticism. This is fine. But I feel like... Bernard Rose is at this point he's going to go down in history as, as the Candyman director. Sure. And well, that's, that's literally that's like the only horror film he made. Other than that, he does like serious dramas. He did he did one of the many adaptations of Anna Karenina. He yeah. did you know. Um, Crucial Sonata. Did he do, did he do, did he do Cheaper Peepers? No, Jeepers Creepers. You mean? No, we just passed by a eye store called Cheaper Peepers. Oh, I missed that. No, uh, Jeepers Creepers is disgusting. oh, it's directed by this guy. Yeah, we, we didn't even mention him. Is 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 a very gross, uh, pedophilic movie directed by yeah, a, pedophile. a pedophile who went to jail for pedophilia. Yeah. Um, the I mean the fact that like, you know. The film industry is okay with that sort of stuff is is a whole nother thing that I don't feel like getting into. Can I tell you? So, can we? I do not see now. You got me worked up because I got to say one thing. You know who held him down specifically? 
I don't want to guess. Kept his name relevant, like, checked in on him when he was in prison, all of that shit. You want to know who? I'm pretty sure I don't. But, but, tell me. Francis Ford Coppola. That is, that is, that is... I mean... Because I think, and and, and I think, and I'm sure Cribs or, or Funderburg will listen to this, because they're what, they're, they're the ones who planted the seed for me to go and, like, learn about this stuff. They're great I, guys. Yeah, they are. I think they, um... I think for I think Coppola and this guy I'm not gonna say his name even though I know it quite well they had a relationship prior to his his like when he made his the movie that got him in trouble I think they like knew each other before well they had to have and then right. it was just it, it was like another it was another KRS One Bambada situation where like I was your boy before so I'm gonna keep kind of being your boy and unfortunately yeah yeah that's uh we're now in the neighborhood where I grew up for seven years of my life actually no you know it's not true we're not in St. Albans yet we're in Locust Manor this is where our, our friend Warren lives really? yeah he lives uh, not not like straight and then just take a left no, he lives not, not too far from here what's his address? just kidding <laughs> um, yeah I just have to say that that's really upsetting I know when if we, were, if we go way back the John Wilson episode yes um and I'm really proud that his latest short, Magna Sante, mm-hmm. The Road to Magna Sante, which I've seen, and it's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I saw a work, a working version, is premiering at the New York Film Festival. Hell yes. And that's really exciting. And you and I have a friend date to go see the new Claire Denis movie. Yeah, we do. I'm very excited. I, uh, unfortunately, the Zama didn't, thing didn't work out, but... Uh, well, my friend you know, who... My friend who, who, you know, is, is like, who works at the, at, um, that theater said that, uh, it's pandemonium right now, and people, people are, are using the M word to describe it. Masterpiece. Yeah, well, at least, you know, I'm excited, you know what, you know what might, what might be good, uh, Kato got a ticket, so maybe we could have him on the show to talk about Zama. I don't, don't want to feel excluded to have two people because I'm seeing it as well. Oh, you so got a you. ticket? He could only get two. Maybe you could finesse him out of it and you and you can go. No, I wouldn't do that. That would make me feel weird. He's not what? that excited. He no, doesn't listen, know Lucretia let, Martelli. Let me, like that. Let, when I was when I was 16, mm-hmm. my dad bought me this hat that I really liked. It was a corduroy hat, mm-hmm. and I really liked it. Sure. And the the next day, me and some friends, one of them, who who's a who's a popular director. Uh, we're like, we're like, oh, let me try, let let this, let this, let my friend try on this hat, let let him try it on, and they like convince me, they convince me that the hat looked better on him, and like sort of just made me like feel like I should give him the hat, oh, and and I gave him the hat and I felt bad about it for a very long time. Yeah, I was like, I immediately went home and like my parents were like, where's your hat? And I, like, felt terrible. Yeah. Fuck. So that's why I wouldn't ask Kato for his ticket. But maybe, maybe, like, isn't there a rush? There are. There are. Yeah, so maybe I'll just go with you guys and... and No, you know what? How about this? Because to save you time, the rush stuff is well before the movie. So I think I will go there early, like, to get food. I'll go there... I'll try to get a ticket and then I'll call you because I'll give you and that'll give you plenty of time. I'm talking hours, like I. What what day? What? Let's talk about this later. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but sure. Yeah, yeah, this is like this is Zama, Lucretia Martel. Zama, so I'm it's gonna yeah. be great. 
but but we are gonna go see let the sunshine in and i'm very excited about that yeah i'm super excited about that and um i just i just um i realized uh whoa that was sorry we were just doing some wild maneuvers yeah um <laughs> sam peckinpah yeah. who directed the movie uh Patty Garrett and Billy the Kid. Yes, he did. And you know who was in that? A lot of people. But yeah, but Harry Dean Stanton. Yes. A legend. He yes. passed away this weekend. Yes. As well as Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yes, he did. What a weird, what a, what a, like, what a bookend and to a keep, weekend. Friday we lose Harry Dean Stanton, Sunday we lose, we lose the brain. And it keeps on happening this year yeah. that there's like these doubles. Yeah. Um, and while they were both, had very different career paths, they were both presented as iconoclasts yes. in their own ways. Oh, yeah. Harry Dean Stanton living the life he wanted to live, being like this weird philosopher monk, and uh, just, do, like, if you look at his credentials, he was, like, in every movie that was good. Well, you know, then you know about the whole, which there's a, I have a, it's, it's very contradictory, but um, this guy, uh, Roger Ebert's, um, his M. Emmett Walsh, Harry Dean Stanton theory. He used to say that as long as as long as either of them are in a movie, the movie can't be that bad. And that was like a thing that Roger Ebert came up with. Although that's kind of bullshit because up until Mulholland Drive, Roger Ebert notoriously hated David Lynch movies, and Harry Dean Stanton is in quite a lot of David Lynch movies. So, but either way, you're right. It's like he has. It's this career where it's like. He's in Tulane Blacktop. He's Godfather, in Pretty in God, Pink. He's Godfather in Godfather Two. He's in, like it's. Uh, he's in the fucking Avengers. Remember the scene that's when that's true. Yeah. He's in uh, Cool Hand <laughs> Luke. Know? Yeah. Cool Hand Luke. Oh yeah. Which you know that's a very good movie. Sure it is. You know I for a long time I wanted to get tattooed on my chest, uh, failure to communicate, and yeah. but I was told that that was probably not a very positive thing to do, and I'm glad I didn't do it. Sure. But I still I still as a mantra in my head all the time when I'm being in misunderstood I remember try not to have a failure to communicate sure I'm trying that myself every day I know it's, it's I'm hard not that, I'm, yeah I was going to say I'm not that successful at no it. I'm like I'm, I'm yeah but you know my my failures in, in non-zebra's life uh, is is notwithstanding well things aren't over yet so don't call them failures you, you don't I, you don't know what I'm talking about. That's true. I just assumed. I'm just, I'm just saying that I I sometimes look at my life as a huge failure. Wow. It makes my the people I love uncomfortable. Well. Because they don't speaking like... Speaking of... They don't like hearing that sort of stuff. No, they don't. Speaking of what? Oh, I was feeling it, uncomfortable. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Fine. sorry. It's all right. You know? I do understand the thought. I, I trust... I, I, Look, self, let me not let me feel self, naked out here. I definitely understand self, that. Uh, Self-doubt is the fire to the furnace, Linden Boulevard, is the fire to represent. the furnace that, that makes me do the cool things and interesting things that I do, is, is fear of, of being a failure. Yeah. This, like, existential anxiety about not being remembered after sure. I go. Sure. The, I, I, I don't, you know, I used to have this, like, stupid thought, like... I don't want to die, you know, without a Wikipedia page or something, you know? I, I, I get like that, and, too. And I don't care as much anymore, but it, those, are just, those are just honest things. This is a side note. 
for those listening, you can't, this is just for Scott, this is the elementary school where Q-Tip, Jerobe, and Fife uh, to my left went uh, to this elementary school right here. So did uh, Willard Penn Sr., my father. So. Uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace to Willard and Fife Dog. Yeah. And this right up here, the start of that tribe documentary where he's walking past the famous mural. Yeah. It's right here. I'm, I have to turn right, but it's right there. Uh, no, I totally understand. And if this, you go straight and then take a right, L O Cool J used to live uh, up there, you know, as as a, as a youth, and his grandmother still lives there. Yeah, this 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 episode might be like the um, after hours episode, you know, where just like this this might be a deep cut episode. Hey, man, look, but, like like we've got plenty of deep cuts on uh, on other. We celebrate other, the deep cuts. Episodes, yeah. But yeah, I don't. I, I I worry that this episode. This is a. This is an interesting one. Um, Bobby the Brain Heenan was just so good at playing his character. Yeah, he was. Even when he stopped managing and he was just like an announcer, he, he was, was a, still he was like a heel, a heel announcer. Heel announcer. He was an asshole. You know, like Jerry the King Lawler. Oh yeah. Sometimes Jim Ross. Yep. Um, almost never mean Gene Okerlund. Yeah. You know, played the heel announcer. Yep. And I just, yeah, I just, I, I love him. He's, he's a reminder of, of my youth. And as yeah, I think that's exactly the heroes of our youth pass. It reminds us that we're no longer young. Yep. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's not. And 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 luckily, you know, one thing too. Although the last few years of of the brain's life, he, you know, he had lung cancer. So he, you wouldn't even recognize him the last few years, like his, you know what I'm saying. But he still lived to 81, which even even though he wasn't in the ring that much and didn't take bumps, to be in the wrestling industry and to make it to your 80s, especially from his era, is very very difficult. Kind of doesn't so happen he, that much. He lived a full life, and and and, and going back to Mr. Harry Dean Stanton, 91 years old, doing all the shit that he did to you know. He and he was still killing it <laughs> since my 20s. I remember I had an epiphany because the the documentary Dig about the Brian Jonestown massacre and Dandy Warhols, Harry Dean Stanton makes a quick appearance because they just like the Brian Jonestown massacre had a house party and they lived in L.A. at one point and Harry Dean Stanton just showed up to their house party and jammed out with them all night and even at that at that point he was still in his 80s, so to do all the stuff he did to his body, yeah. not, not necessarily healthy, but still, he made it to 91, and I remember watching that scene in Dig, seeing this guy, this 80-year-old, stay up with all these young kids, and it was just like, everyone talks about, he, you know, Keith Richards, and props to him, because he's done a lot of crazy stuff, too, but it's like, fuck that, man, Harry Dean Stanton is, is, has outlived so many folks, you know, and lived a, an amazing life. And Repo Man is, like, one of my favorite God, yeah. movies of the 80s. Yes. Same here, absolutely. It's like, one of, it's a punk rock masterpiece. And it's uh, shot by legendary cinematographer Robbie Mueller, who's a regular of Vim Vendors and Jim Jarmusch, and uh, Allison and Anders. He was, and he was in he was in Paris, Texas. That's I think at the end of that I think that's the movie he might have been most famous. I for. I think so, and, and also, most proud of. And actually, also him him say. losing his shit over the writing. He couldn't with uh, the the who's escaping my mind who just passed away, uh, the writer of of Paris, Texas. Oh, Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard who yeah. just passed away. Yeah. That that he like certain stuff wasn't working right, and Sam would be like rewrite it and throw it to Harry. And oh, like, I didn't know that. I didn't know he, that. And he'd be like, I, I I can't do this. I can't do this. And he's like, No, it's gonna be all right. And he was like, Oh, it is. Because uh, also I like I like people that are unafraid to tell it like it is. Yeah, yeah. And also, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a it's a cool story. I'll find it. I'll find it for you. And also, like, I'm not gonna. I got no problem with with the Rolling Stones, but like, that shit just doesn't. 
that doesn't inspire me like a Harry Dean Stanton. No, same. And um, yeah, I just I just would I just prefer I prefer like a different type of iconoclast. Sure. And and Harry Dean Stanton was one of those. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Amen. I think I think I think it's time to go get some dinner. Right, where we at on uh, time here? I have no idea. Oh, let's see. I had a. I like. Oh, doesn't even say. That's annoying. But uh, whatever. We talked. Uh, we talked long enough. Yeah, huh? I feel. Yeah, I have to use the bathroom, and uh, I'm hungry, and and uh, you know, I think. I think you know. This is this is zebras in America, and. Uh, but we're we, past forty minutes. We, so we, see here. we love you, and uh, uh, tell your mom you love her. I, I will in, in, in a minute. I've got to confront you. I know in the absence of John Studd and King Kong Bundy, how do you get yourself in this kind of a mess? A handicap match with Hillbilly Jim and Andre the Giant. Two men facing three. Big John Studd, King Kong Bundy, and yourself. You aren't. Well, t- nervous, aren't you? No, I'm not nervous. I just want to collect my thoughts and make sure everything I say is understood properly. Because it's obvious the World Wrestling Federation here doesn't listen to me, and they don't care about me. Yes, I am a gifted athlete and a wrestler, but I don't particularly care to wrestle, and they know that. The whole thing is between Andre and the Hellbilly and Stunt and Bundy. And just because some goon is 7 foot 4 and 500 pounds and some dumb hick from Mud Lick put their two heads together with an IQ of 10, they want a, me in the ring. They want to get their hands on stud. They want to pick up that money for a slam. They want to get rid of Bundy because they're jealous of his size and massiveness. And they want to get rid of me because they're jealous of me. My whole life everybody's been jealous of me. Everybody's been worried about me my whole life. You're They've paranoid. done this to me. They've done this to me. Don't you call me Weasel either, pal. No, I didn't you, I you said, said paranoid. No, you called me Weasel and I heard you. I, I said you're you, trying to weasel no, out of this no, match. No, no, I didn't try to weasel out. I just don't want to have anything to do with this match. I want to sit down in that chair. I want to guide my men. I don't want to get in there. I don't want some guy seven foot four putting his dirty, filthy hands on me. I don't want some hillbilly putting his dirty farm hands on me. But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And you think it's a handicap because there's two of you against three of us. It's a handicap in your part. Because, Andre, you were carried out of Maple Leaf Guards in Toronto. And hillbilly Jim... You thought you stole the Manager of the Year award from me and gave it to Albano, and you didn't, because I'm Manager of the Year. And they carried you out of there, too, after that. They carried out Albano, and I'm going to guarantee you something. Thursday, on the 12th of December, they better not bring any ambulances there to the Oakland Coliseum. They better bring some big dumpster trucks where they haul the garbage out, because that's what they're going to carry Andre out of there with and the hillbilly, because Stud and I and Bunny are walking out of there, and don't you call me Weasel. Somebody's just calling me Weasel call you Weasel. Somebody's calling me Weasel. It must be from behind there. Fans, go listen in Oakland on the 12th. Weasel!